Welcome to the Gamers Inn. Come on in, pull up a chair next to the fire. It looks like you've had a long journey. I'm your host, Jocelyn, and joining me this week is my co-host, Ryan. Hello, Ryan. Hello, Jocelyn. Uh, we're we're here. A uh, bit of a change of plans, but um, I figured it was important that we made a a point of, of talking about this together and um, uh, with, with the news from Blizzard and, and whatnot happening, so... Yeah, a, a bit of a different episode than what people may have been expecting, but um, also probably expecting that we talk about it. Absolutely. And I think that, uh, so for, for those of you who maybe don't know, I can't remember if we mentioned it on the show last week, but I was supposed to be on vacation this week. <laughs> and obviously that didn't play out how I kind of thought. But um, yeah, I'm. I first and foremost, I want to kind of apologize. I Maybe apologize isn't the right word, but um, Ryan had lined up a really excellent guest and I was looking forward to his podcast debut because um, we've had someone who's been a fan of not only Gamers In but but quite a lot of my properties over on the Blizzard side of things. Uh, you guys have probably seen him in the Discord. Babylon Redeemer uh, was going to come on the show and fill in for me this week and I was really, really excited to kind of like give him a chance and you know like we really love you know putting people on Gamers In who maybe don't necessarily um, have the I guess, like audiences or the experience, like, you know, we love podcasting. It's something that we really want to share. So when we have people who are active in the community and who are, you know, like a positive force for good in gaming, like we absolutely want to give them a platform. And I was really excited to, you know, see Babylon's debut on on a podcast and on Gamers In specifically. So I was really excited. And uh, but like, I do think that we made the right decision because, oh, my God, talk about a week you do not want to be your first podcast, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and you know, um, a shout out again to uh, Babylon Redeemer, who uh, uh, he when we first started talking, he's like, yeah, you know, if we're gonna podcast together, I should probably tell you my first name, and I'm gonna keep that a secret. Just you know, <laughs> let you guys wait another couple weeks for that reveal. <laughs> Yeah, so we are we are going to have Babylon Redeemer on the show sometime yes. in the next couple of weeks. We're going to figure out the scheduling and everything else. But uh, yeah, like, man, what a week to. Yeah, just what a week. <laughs> yes, it's, uh, you know, the news breaking on uh, last. Was it Thursday or Wednesday? Uh, it's all kind of. It was Wednesday because uh, we were actually recording the Angry Chicken at the time. So Garrett was on vacation last week. And uh, so Ridiculous Hat, we have a new, uh, if you guys haven't listened to Tack in a while, we have a new third chair uh, co-host. His name is Ridiculous Hat. And he is very, very like analytical. He only plays Hearthstone. Well, not only plays Hearthstone, but Hearthstone is his main game. He does three podcasts now about the topic. Every week, he talks three times a week about Hearthstone, and uh, he is he is very deep into like the meta and the stats and the you know the really nitty gritty of Hearthstone. Uh, so he's been an excellent addition to the show. So uh, last week, Hat and I were doing the show just the two of us, and Garrett was away on vacation. And with the Hearthstone reveal season. It was starting on Tuesday, so normally we record on Mondays, but we were like, you know what, we'll record on Wednesday because, you know, that way we have a couple days worth of cards to talk about instead of just being like, well, we're still waiting and we have no news. <laughs> so uh, anyways, we moved the episode to Wednesday. And uh, as we were recording, uh, I guess like, I don't know, fortunately, unfortunately, it's so hard to know how to how to feel 
in in these kind of times, really, like when when news like this breaks. But um, so I was running OBS and I was um, like reading the chat room, but not too closely. And chat room didn't say anything anyways. Um, but I was very, very focused on the show and the recording and the live stream and making sure everything was working properly. And we were doing deep dives into cards that had been revealed. So we were talking about like strategies and how they fit into the meta and if they make new archetypes and all that kind of nitty gritty stuff. And as soon as I ended the stream, Pat was like, okay, we got to talk. And I was like, what do you mean we got to talk? What's going on? And he's like, there's a lawsuit. He's like, it just broke within the last 20 minutes of the show. He's like, I didn't want to say anything to you on air. Nobody brought it up in the chat room, but like, this has been like DM to me and whatever. And it was, it was kind of funny. And the, and the reason I'm telling this story is because I think it really illustrates like the, at least two of the many reactions that I've seen. And, but Hat was like, he said he had a really hard time concentrating in the last 20 minutes of the show because he was just so angry. And my reaction was the total opposite of that. My reaction was basically good. It's about time. And he was a little bit like, not necessarily, he was, I guess, like shocked at my reaction in a way. Because it was kind of like, I think he expected me to be like mad along with him. And I think it really just it illustrates a couple of things. It illustrates, you know, the the different lived experiences that we have just as people. Um, but, you know, the contrast between him as a white dude and me as a woman, um, like how how we just move through life differently. But also that like how much we kind of like we as as women talk to each other and confide in each other like in secret because of those lived and shared experiences like there are so many times where i've had conversations with women in and around the blizzard space that have been like oh man like this just happened to me at work today or oh do you know make sure that like if he's drinking just leave him alone or you know oh don't make sure you don't get caught in a room with that guy like it's like we have this like whisper network of like things to avoid, people to be careful around and like things not to do. And it's so just a part of my life that I don't even really like think about it. And I forget as well. And I said this on TAC last night. I kind of forget that not everybody's in on that. Because for me, this whole lawsuit has been a really kind of a positive thing. It's been exhausting and it's been absolutely just horrifying to read. Because the thing is, like, you know, you know, some things, you know, even most things or you have an idea of the kinds of things that are happening. But to hear like all of the details that are now coming out on social media about how terribly women have been treated in and around the blizzard sphere is just been it's just been heartbreaking and like i said exhausting like emotionally mentally like all of that i'm not saying that i'm not feeling those feelings along with everybody else but in terms of the lawsuit itself which we're going to dive into in a second um i had a, a feeling of almost relief because again, I, like my overwhelming reaction to this has been 
somebody's finally doing something. And I'm really happy about that because I'm still on the fence of whether I believe it's going to have much of an impact anyway. And that has to do with a lot of like previous lawsuits we've seen with other companies, with the riots and the Ubisofts of the world. In the past, we've kind of seen people take like lesser, less visible positions within a company when they get accused of stuff. Like if it's really bad, if it's like named in a lawsuit, like we do have somebody named in this lawsuit specifically, um, like they, they've already left the company. But, uh, but you know, like for a lot of the stuff when it comes to the discrimination side of things and the, you know, bad behavior, as long as it's not too bad, and I'm using like sarcasm air quotes right now, um, then they tend to just kind of get like shuffled into less visible roles, but they don't leave the company. They get like two weeks of harassment training or some bullshit. Like, <laughs> so that's like what I'm, what I'm kind of worried about here. And I totally lost my train of thought. I feel like I'm just like meandering through whatever. You're making, you make some good points in that. Yeah, well, they're all really great points. And I think when you, when you look at what has happened at Riot and uh, specifically more recently Ubisoft, um, they've, been accused uh once again like last year we talked about it and what was happening at ubisoft and then just recently now before the blizzard stuff broke um there was once again jason schreier talking about how you know with the assassin's creed infinity news we talked about on on gamers in um where yes they're launching this new project however there is some concern because people who were named and uh named in in the original stuff a year ago still have positions of power, have been shuffled around to other teams from, say, Montreal to Spain or whatever. Yeah. And that doesn't solve the issue. And I've really seen, like, a lot of these responses from these companies like Blizzard, Ubisoft, and Riot have been, like, just ignoring the problem and saying, like, no, we fixed it. We've moved that person. We've we've taken, we've taken actions. Mm-hmm. But I think the, as you said, there is, there's a lot of positive stuff that can come out of this lawsuit and specifically it empowers the staff that are still working at these companies even other companies to point at this and say look we need to change what is happening here we need to make sure the people that are causing these problems are no longer welcome at our company Mm -hmm. and i've seen that from blizzard staff on twitter you know obviously uh i've started to follow a couple more folks even ex-blizzard folks who are talking about this and it it really seems like the the lawsuit is is giving them the ability to and the and the the courage and the strength to to speak to their stories and what happened their experiences Mm -hmm. and the the lawsuit coming forward and the way that (laughs) blizzard has responded um has really allowed uh, the communities like us and Angry Chicken and other podcasts and content creators and just the players in general to really surround uh, the employees that are speaking and say, look, we're going to make sure that we hold Blizzard accountable, just like you're trying to do internally. We're going to do that externally. And that means something. Before we go too, too much farther, mm-hmm. I do want to actually talk about in case because we are not a Blizzard Center central podcast. So there is a chance you guys don't actually know what we're talking about. Sure. So 
Um, before we go too much further into, you know, actions and, and what employees are doing and what we want to see done and all the rest of that side of the conversation, let's talk about what's actually happening. So, uh, yeah, which I do apologize for because I definitely let my, <laughs> let my like preamble intro get a little bit away from me. So it's all good. Okay. Uh, so if you, if you are not aware, if you haven't heard, uh, Blizzard Activision, Activision Blizzard, which is also another important point to make is that, um, this is not a Blizzard-specific problem. This is a lawsuit that's being brought forward against Activision Blizzard, and it is with examples on both sides. So, it, and it is actually kind of interesting that the lawsuit names um, Act Activision and Blizzard with specific examples, um, but leaves out some of the other, like so. Technically, the other companies under uh, the Activision umbrella are named in this lawsuit, but without any, um, like, examples, I guess. Like, so, in the lawsuit, it goes through to break down, like, which companies did which things, what they found evidence of, all the rest of it. Um, and it's all Activision on the Call of Duty side, or Blizzard, uh, mostly on the Warcraft side. Now, um, there are some Battle.net uh, so um, if you're not, again, if you're not familiar with Blizzard, uh, Battle.net is like their launcher and their website and stuff. It's like, it's the the kind of threads that hold all of their games together. Uh, so that team is a separate team from any of the like game dev, like WoW, um, Diablo, StarCraft, Hearthstone, Overwatch. All of those have their own separate teams and Battle.net is another team within Blizzard. Um, so there's been uh, talk about stuff going on in Battle.net and also um, on the World of Warcraft team. Uh, and that is all named in the lawsuit. We've seen a lot more stories come out from all teams. There, There is basically no team in Blizzard that is immune to this kind of culture. So Activision Blizzard is being sued by the state of California for sexual harassment and discrimination against women in the workplace. And so there's kind of, again, there this lawsuit is twofold. Um, there's the discrimination part of that that has to do with, like, day-to-day -day things like promotions uh, being denied and, you know, all, all the rest of it. And harassment is something that is, again, separate. So we've got the two different sides of this lawsuit. It came as a result of a two-year investigation by the Department of Fair Employment and Housing, again, in California. And they the civil suit has been filed against the company because they failed to rectify issues of discrimination and harassment. Again, two-year investigation. And the thing that I really want to point out here is how this isn't the same sort of situation as an accusation or, you know, something being levied against the company or against an individual on social media. This has been a two-year investigation. They found evidence of unlawful behavior at Blizzard, at Activision, and they went to mediation. All the dates of all the mediation is in there, and they found that in spite of the investigation and all of the arbitration and mediation that they did with Activision Blizzard, that they continued to act unlawfully. So we are, again, we are talking about courts. We are talking about the state of California. They have found and presented evidence. They have gone to mediation and the mediation has failed, which is why we are now at the point of a civil suit. 
So the state of California has filed on behalf of like the people, which is which is how our justice system works, right? Our our state or provincial or whatever governments file suits against people, whether they're civil or criminal, on behalf of the people of the location, as well as all aggrieved women at Activision Blizzard, past and present. So that is who the lawsuit is being filed on behalf of. And uh, again, so with Blizzard refusing to comply with the orders of the state, um, this is something that Hat brought up on TAC last night, but I do kind of want to to mention it again to drive this point home a little bit. Um, so I don't remember the exact number, but uh, the Department of Fair and Equitable or Employment and Housing in California, they did or they completed uh, over 6,500 investigations last year. And they brought forward four civil suits. Four. So they don't go after everybody. Mediation and arbitration is the point. <laughs> and Activision Blizzard, which I think we can see by the statements made by the company, because they the statements that have been made by the company are disgusting. They are terrible. And like a lot of people say like, oh, well, you know, the lawyers make them say that like, OK, but <laughs> like like Ryan said earlier. There's they the statements that they make are like, hey, we fixed this and they absolutely have not. That's the whole point of this process. If they said they are still acting unlawfully, they are still discriminating against women. There are still sexual harassment issues within Activision Blizzard and they haven't fixed the problem. That's why they're getting sued. So, uh, yeah, and I'm just I find I find the responses from Activision Blizzard just disgusting and laughable. But uh, yeah, so that's kind of where where we sit in the suit itself, which I have read. Uh, it does say that there, after a failure to eliminate the unlawful practices through mediation, the state has filed the lawsuit on behalf of themselves and the aggrieved female employees. So that's where we sit with the civil suit, um, and and that's why I'm I'm not a huge fan of the whole like wait and see both sides argument because they're like. <laughs> The, the evidence has already been seen and presented and deemed enough to bring this stuff forward. Like, the investigation's done. The evidence has been found. Like, Blizzard did this. <laughs> so, and I think that we've seen that even more with all the stories that have been shared on social media in the past week. Because we have, like Ryan mentioned, um, not only current employees, but past employees as well, who are coming forward with, like reasons that they left blizzard um examples of discrimination and harassment just absolutely crazy crazy examples and stories of things that were happening and if you are like me and you either knew it was happening or expected that it was happening then reading some of these stories it's still really uh it's it's just i mean i don't necessarily want to use the word shocking because that was one of my pet peeves over the last week is seeing people talking about how shocked they were even though we have shared our stories as women in the blizzard sphere both internal and external people have said hey this is a thing that happened to me and we've done that multiple times in the last couple of years and so to me it's like if you're shocked you weren't paying attention and that's super frustrating. <laughs> yeah, I w when when this first uh, came out, I, I think 
let me try to think about this. I, I think when <laughs> people are shocked, um, specifically with Blizzard, and and the responses that Blizzard has, they just feel like the complete opposite of what Blizzard has said they stand for, I think. Um, and yes, you're right. There have been stories uh, that have come out across the industry, including at Blizzard. And you just, I think people expected Blizzard to, to do more to fix this. But considering how this lawsuit is sort of laid out and and the evidence and the examples and the stories that people are sharing, it sounds like this has been the Blizzard since the beginning. And yeah. that, that again, is... Uh, I think maybe that's where the shocking part comes in, but like you said, it it shouldn't be shocking. It should, it's, it's definitely, it definitely makes me angry. And I, and I've seen, you know, when it, when it happened on, when I caught wind of it on Thursday in the morning, I think it was, I just, I just had to sit there and, uh, and this is the way I sort of process this stuff is just sit there and, and soak it in and, and read everything that was coming forward you know, listening to the other podcasts, the content creators, the stories on Twitter, the experiences and um, the responses from Blizzard and, and other employees. It's just and that's that's what I've been doing since uh, Thursday and, and just sort of talking it out at, at home with with Ashley and stuff. And and then again, talking with you and and whatnot. And it's just um, I think it's really I'm really hoping that because you know, with the state of California filing the suit and knowing how um, they would normally not do this unless they absolutely had to. And and Blizzard basically put them in the position where we're not going to fix this. You're going to have to basically make us through a a civil suit. Yeah. Yeah. The the civil suit, like I said, is definitely not the norm. The vast, vast, vast majority of cases that this department in California actually brings forward never, never go to the inside of a courtroom. They, you know, get the complaints, they investigate the complaints, they say, yeah, you did the thing or no, you didn't do the thing. And then, you know, they take steps to fix it. And the taking steps to fix it is the part, I guess, that um, potentially you could be shocked about that Blizzard decided not to do uh, or that, you know, the actions that Blizzard took were not enough. And, You know, that's kind of what it comes down to is that the thing that I found most frustrating about the response from Blizzard and and from Activision, like more broadly, is that like they they don't see this as a problem, which kind of in and of itself is the problem when your upper management says, hey, guess what? We've already fixed this problem. Like all of these um, examples and accusations are out of date or in the past or or inaccurate. And then you have thousands of employees going onto social media and saying, this has been my experience. This is why I left the company. This is still going on. This happened to me on Friday. Like those kind of things. It just really uh, like either shows the denial or disconnect. I'm not really sure what it is between upper management and like the, the staff on the ground, you know, and I'm not going to pretend to be a legal expert. I'm not going to pretend to be an HR expert and I don't work for blizzard. So I don't know what the internal structure of the company looks like, but I think if your employees are being 
paid less. If your employees are getting performance reviews that are very like I, I don't it's like sexually driven is not wrong is not the right way to say it, but it's like a very, I guess sexually biased is is a better yeah. is a better way to say. It. Like if you if that's what your company is doing and you're refusing to see that, like how on earth can you think that the problem's been dealt with? Like, I don't know. I just like how can you be totally blind to to all of this that's going on? And and so I do want to speak a little bit about the the discrimination piece because I think a lot of folks are focusing on the sexual harassment and assault piece. And I said this on TAC last night as well. Um, they are, I think, equally impactful, but we only or we tend to focus on one over the other because it's a little bit like uh, it, it's disgusting, but like more exciting and more explosive. Like people can very easily wrap their head around like someone's hand being where it's not supposed to be you know like that's a it's a very obvious thing when it comes to the harassment side of things you know um the the comments and the actions they're usually they're very visible right discrimination it's a lot harder to talk about because it's often a lot more subtle and takes place over a lot like a longer period of time and it's also one of the things, and both of these are obviously things that happen everywhere. And, and, you know, it's not just gaming, it's not just tech, it's not, you know, it's everywhere. And it really comes down to like being able to see it and recognize it really comes down to you being very critical of yourself and your language and the way you live your life. And that's really hard to do. <laughs> and it's like, and it's not just you know, on, on a corporate level, or it's not just, you know, men need to do this. Like I need to do this as well, because I mean, there's so much bias against women that's been ingrained even in women. And I know like for me, one, one really big thing that I needed to, and I'm, I'm still really working on is like seeing other women as competition because it's been like taught to me, ingrained in me that, you know, there can only be one. Like there can be a bajillion like male content creators, but there should only be Joss, you know? And to the point that like, and it, it was really funny because when I started podcasting, people would say, oh, she's the next Veronica. And I'm like, why can't we both be here? <laughs> but it, it just very much, there was this like sentiment of like, okay, the other person is, you know, being pushed off to the side. Now there's a new person. And so I had to be very aware of my bias and the kind of like pitting women against women because I would have other women come into the content space and like my gut reaction was like, oh, man, I hate her voice or, oh, man, like her content is not great. Or like, why is she doing things like that? And it took me a while to kind of like recognize my own biases against women and to say like, OK, does she actually need help with her content or am I just nitpicking because I'm trying to find reasons to dislike her? And because I was able to recognize the biases within myself, I now have a lot of very, very good friends in the content creator space 
that I wouldn't have had otherwise. Like, I mean, there was one time a few years ago that Matt came downstairs and I was watching a, a female content creator and he's like, oh, I can't believe that you're watching her. Like you had like she's because she, she has like a higher pitched voice. And like I would would have thought that you would have been complaining about how annoying her voice is. And I'm like, nope. I'm trying really hard <laughs> to like because she makes really good content. She's very intelligent. Like I'm trying again not to let my because I mean now I listen to her all the time and it's like it's fine. I don't even notice it. But it's the kind of thing that like I would be seeking out reasons to put these other women down as opposed to build them up. And those are the kind of things that are just ingrained in us that we don't even necessarily notice. And it's on everybody to take a look at like why you're feeling certain ways or why you're doing certain things. And if you would do those things or think about those things, if it was a different person. And that's how I found it helped me to recognize my bias is like when if I was watching like a male content creator or even thinking about like, why I may find a female voice annoying, but a male voice not, you know, like there's plenty of dudes that have pretty annoying voices, but it's never a thing that automatically puts me off their content, you know? So it's just, it's one of those things that you have to take a minute and think about. And one example to bring it back to a more like Blizzard specific, um, example or like yeah example sorry again i'm going a little ranty ryan if you want to ever stop me and like make a point just be like hey joss i'm also here too you're not doing a solo show no and uh, i'm uh, again I, i'm just i'm enjoying the the what, what you have to say and i and i think that um when you you're absolutely right like checking your own biases and nobody is perfect and i think what can help with uh, the situations that's happening, not just at Blizzard, not just in video games, not just in tech, but everywhere, is to listen to people who are calling you on your mistakes and then fixing that behavior and addressing mm -hmm. that behavior. And I think that goes a long way because how we got here is people, uh, you know, upper management, HR, not acting on reports. And I'm not saying like, you know, the first report that could have came in could have been a verbal warning or a slap on the wrist in, instead of like letting it go and then having report after report after report come in and then having to go and then having to, you know, fire that person or uh, sometimes they fire them. And as you said, sometimes they move them to a different team. Most of the time, like, I mean, even even the person named in the lawsuit, as far as I know, wasn't actually officially fired. Yeah. Um, so he left the company and like deleted all of his social media and everything else uh, about a year ago now. I believe it was last June. Uh, and, you know, as as far as we know, like with a big severance package, somebody said that he's like living in Hawaii. Like yeah. he's a millionaire. Yeah, exactly. With no, like, well, I mean, a, a lawsuit obviously is going to be a blemish, but yes. had the lawsuit not been brought forward, like, he would not even have had, like, a blemish on his employment record because, again, like I say, as far as I know, uh, he was not fired. So, you know, it would have been like, oh, yeah, I just I just left the company. You know, Warcraft wasn't for me anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, like, he could have gotten away with that if it wasn't for this lawsuit. So, it, again, that's another thing that I think is a positive thing about this lawsuit i know a lot of people are upset with blizzard 
and because they they may not have have known or understood or are upset with the with the subsequent responses and i get that uh, but if nothing else this lawsuit is actually shining a light on all of this terrible stuff and now people know now there's absolutely no excuse yeah a hundred percent and you know when i when i've been thinking about you know what what has happened this week and what has happened in the past and the conversation always coming down to you know upper management and the hr department uh either not being it's either not being able to act or unwilling to act um and that always seems to be the story and and personally i've experienced that you know in places where i've worked where you know you have to remind yourself hr is a representative of the company they work for the company they're there to essentially protect the company the company yeah not the not the employee they are not on your side they're trying to make sure that the company doesn't get sued exactly obviously they failed because they're getting sued by california so the hr department should all just be fired because you failed (laughs) but and likely you know that's what we saw with ubisoft we saw the head of hr step down but it goes back to the convert you know the responses that blizzard had because the head of hr had that same response at ubisoft last year where they said we're not we we feel we can no longer do the job we set out to do and we're no longer being supported by our company so i'm stepping down it wasn't like we made a mistake and we're leaving so that a proper hr team can be implemented it was more like you know uh, a sob story and essentially them saying like you know we're the victim here and and really that wasn't the case they weren't i i personally believe and i've worked with a you know some hr reps a lot of hr reps that have been really great people and supportive of both employees and employers that is possible and what it comes right down to is that when you're hiring hr and when you're teaching hr in school i think one of those tenants needs to be you have to be a good person to work in hr because you have to act on this stuff and you have to make sure that management supports acting on that stuff like i mm-hmm. Personally, you know, not having played a lot of Blizzard games in the last couple of years, I I can't say for certain, but I think at the end of the day, like the people you kept around for some reason that were abusing staff and discriminating staff, like what is there a reason to keep them around? There's no reason to keep them around. It did not it's not like it creates a better product or creates a it certainly doesn't create a better office situation and i just don't understand it that's the thing right is that like keeping around people who act this way i mean you are you you're totally right ryan you're not creating a better product because one of the things again that happens with both discrimination and harassment is it takes a lot of our time and our energy and just our our mental space, you know, like we are trying as we as women, when I when I say we, I'm talking about women, are are very much trying to do our jobs to the best of our ability while also trying to like either um like minimize our exposure or like lessen the likelihood of bad things happening to us. Like There's just there are so many actions that we take either consciously or subconsciously in our everyday lives that just take so much energy to avoid these kind of things happening to us. And imagine how great we could be if we didn't have to constantly be thinking about 
what room we're in, who else is in the room with us, like what we're saying, how we're saying it, if we're being um, like too, too outspoken or not outspoken enough. Like there are just, there are so many lines that we walk that are like tight ropes that men just don't have to. And if we didn't have to think of how great we could be, <laughs> like it, think of all the women in your life who are already amazing and how much better they could be if they didn't have to worry about all the extra stuff, right? And how much better of a product we could have out of all of these companies if we just had women who were 100% focused on their job instead of like maybe functioning at 40 to 50% capacity. <laughs> like yeah. it's just absolutely insane. Um and so like to 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 bring it back again to to talk about just like um those little tight ropes that we walk uh and bring it back to a blizzard specific example um somebody on twitter posted a performance review um, i believe it was one of the the managers on the hearthstone team actually who went through it and said like why it wasn't a great performance review because um it really highlighted and hat talked about this a little bit last night on angry chicken is that like these systems are designed with a quality in mind. Like they are supposed to be completely unbiased systems. However, because they have human input, those biases and that discrimination can kind of make its way into a system that's supposed to be equitable. And in this performance review that was posted, it talked a lot about the woman... Um, you know, being too passionate and that when she gets emotional, she should take a step back and breathe was that was the gist of the of the performance review. And so what the Hearthstone team member said was like, OK, this is a bad performance review because essentially you're not giving this person any like actionable items, right? Like there's nothing measurable in here. It's very like emotion driven by the person who's been writing it. It's very vague and it doesn't give any specific examples. It just says this person is too passionate. And again, that's the kind of performance review that would likely be spun in a more positive way if it was a man. And also the, the other side of that. So let's say that the employee looked at this and said, okay, too passionate, need to take a step back, need to breathe. All right, whatever. I'm going to take this as actual criticism and I'm going to try to fix this. And then the next performance review has the potential to be, uh, is is too quiet, doesn't stand up for themselves, uh, not fit for a leadership role. Oh, sorry, that was the other piece of the too passionate was the not fit for a leadership role. So then when you get performance reviews like this, they are also held up as reasons why these women shouldn't be promoted is, oh, look, she, you know, she's not as good as the guy. She got a bad performance review, whereas often a lot of men's performance reviews would be like very outspoken, very strong leader, passionate about his job. You know, like those performance reviews for men don't tend to say too emotional, needs to step back, needs to take a breath, like those kind of things. So, you know, when you see a company... Like, technically, yes, everyone gets a performance review. And, you know, like, everybody is supposedly, like, is reviewed on the same criteria. But when you see an internal document that literally says, like, everything for the women are 
presented in a negative light and ends with not fit for leadership. And the exact same performance is presented in a positive light for a man and says fit for leadership. Like they might've done the same thing, but the presentation is different. And that's where that like conscious or unconscious bias comes in. And that's why these equitable air quote systems aren't actually as equitable as they could be. I think let's let's take some time to to talk about what we can do differently this time, because that was a big theme of what we talked about on Angry Chicken last night. And I think it's really important because as a woman in this space, I have noticed that when these sort of issues come up and I mean, it's done on social media all over the place for, you know, whether it's, you know, um, issues that black people face or any other minority group, you know, the LGBTQ community, women, it doesn't matter. Whenever something comes up, everyone says, listen to insert minority group here, which is fine. But I think that at this point in time, those that we're going to listen have listened, have heard. Those who are never going to listen, aren't going to start because a whole bunch of people say listen. And we've said listen so many times now that it's obviously not enough. It's not making the difference that we would like it to make. And I think I'm, I'm probably preaching to the choir here because of the awesome community that we have created here at the Gamers Inn. Like, you guys have already chosen a podcast with what I like to think is a very strong female voice. So you're probably okay with women believing women, listening to women, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So um, I'm not going to tell you to go listen to women because I think you already are. But I also know because I am super guilty of this and I know I and I don't come from a position of the most power in the world. I have quite a lot of um, ticks in the privileged column for sure. Um, I might be a woman, but I'm still a, you know, I'm, I'm still a white woman. There are a lot of experiences that I don't have and a lot of spaces that I can enter much more freely than many others. So, I mean, I'm, I'm just as guilty of doing this as as other people in positions of privilege. But I tend to disengage quite a lot. So I am one of those people who will, you know, close Twitch chat, who will not respond on Twitter, excuse me, who will just, again, like disengage, remove myself from the conversation. I should have made sure I had a glass of water before we sat down for this marathon episode. But uh Yeah, so I'm one of those people that will disengage from the situation. And I think a lot of good people do that, who see those people and say, well, it's not worth getting into the argument. I'm not going to change their mind anyways. They're just a terrible person. I'm not going to waste my breath. And I think that that attitude has contributed a lot to the situation that we're in right now. So I'm suggesting that we change that attitude Because I said this last night on TAC, as a woman just existing in the world, I am uncomfortable. I live my life in a very uncomfortable state. (laughs) I am, you know, constantly like stared at, catcalled, discounted, um, you know, like they're just, it just, 
it's uncomfortable for me to go places and do things and to exist. (laughs) So I don't want to be uncomfortable in the world anymore. (laughs) I want people who think I am lesser. I want people who think I don't belong just for the fact that I am a woman. I want them to start to feel really uncomfortable. And I can't do that all by myself. So I would really, really like those of you who are feeling angry or feeling sad or feeling let down by Blizzard to take this as an opportunity to take a look at your own actions and see if there's more that you can do. And I know that, you know, not everybody can do it all the time. We have a very set amount of of energy and we need to protect our own mental health. And we can't always speak up in every space, but there are going to be spaces where you can make a difference. And maybe that starts with your own, like even your own family, even your own, you know, attitudes. Like we always talk about like, oh, the drunk racist uncle that everybody has, like, well, talk to him. Don't, don't let him get away with it. And that extends to things that you see in your own online communities, things that you see in Twitter. When, you know, a a friend shares a story and someone pipes up and says, you know, insert sexist awful thing here, don't just block that person because we've been blocking those people. We've been muting those people and they have been screaming into the void fine, but they're still finding people who haven't blocked and muted them and they're making those people feel bad and uncomfortable. So instead of blocking and muting, tell them. Tell them that their attitude is wrong. Tell them that those comments have no place here. Tell them to go away because they're still going to find people to make miserable. (laughs) And I just want them to start to feel bad about the way that they're acting and the things that they're saying. And maybe they won't, but at least if they continue it, they're going to potentially feel like they have less allies because if no one ever tells them that they're doing it wrong and they don't belong, they're going to just keep it up. So make them feel bad. Make them feel unwelcome. Be vocal. Let them know what kind of a space this actually is because I think that there are a lot of good people out there that are currently being quiet and it's going to be hard. It's going to be uncomfortable for you. You're going to get into arguments with people over this, and that's going to suck. But right now, my entire life sucks just existing in the world. I would like that to get a little bit better, please. (laughs) Yes, I uh, 100% agree. We it needs it needs to get better. And I uh, obviously we will continue to to talk about this stuff on you know, the gamers in and other podcasts we do. And I think it's, you know, important, you know, demand better from your community, your workplace, your, uh, you know, your, your friendships. And yeah, you're going to have to have tough conversations. I've certainly had to have tough conversations over the last year um, with not just, you know, sexist and racist stuff, but also uh, with COVID and uh, science and (laughs) climate change. And again, like, it's just about have those conversations. And if that person's a good person, they're going to listen to you and hopefully change just a little bit for the better and hopefully change completely for the better because that's what we're hoping for. We don't necessarily want people to leave a community. We want them to get better. 
And yes, absolutely. If if they are unwilling to change, then they are not welcome. Get the fuck out. Exactly. <laughs> I am. I am done. Right. Like no, I, know I know you're trying to like you're trying to soften the message a little bit, and I understand that. But like honestly, like I am at the end of my rope of giving people chances. Like at some point, people show you who they are, and if that person is not a good person, get the fuck out. and we need to be loud about telling them to get the fuck out (laughs) we need to stop making excuses and stop giving chances if they've proven time and time again that they're bad people yeah and like i know that uh video game companies like blizzard are are made up of a lot of great people um and i was saying this at the beginning of the show we need to empower the staff and the good parts of the community that are still there and still engaging to make sure that they're able to drive out the bad in places where we're not able to, like you and I have less impact on the internals of blizzard development than someone who's working there and harassing somebody who's working there to leave their job because they're supporting a bad company. Like that's not going to fix the bad company. What's going to fix the bad company and the bad sector and the bad, bad industry is having good people still there to to weed out those terrible people and i think also demanding you know better moderation tools from these video game companies that are making these communities you know uh twitter facebook google have all brought been brought before congress in the states to be questioned on how they're moderating their community because it has led to very real bad stuff and video games could could be there again they have been there before when before the esrb was put in place but i think that that could that could happen next and i think what the industry did with the esrb to self-regulate we could get we need we need these companies to develop these tools to be able to weed out bad actors, suspend accounts, delete accounts. You know, Facebook doesn't allow somebody, Google doesn't allow somebody to create another YouTube account after they've been banned. You know, so I think, and and we know why those tools don't exist. It's about the money. Blizzard, whatever video game company here is getting that $20, $30 from somebody. That's all they really care about. But at the end of the day, when their community is asking them to do better, having those moderation tools in place to fully remove someone who is not welcome in the community like we need that as well that's one action that i really think um would show that these companies actually do mean business right is when they when they start to actually you know moderate their twitch chats and you know ban people from the platforms that they control directly like battlenet like War, world of warcraft like guilds and in-game chats and you know like when they actually start to do things like ip ban and kick people out even though they're paying customers that's when i'm going to start believing you that you're actually committed to doing something because i do think that you know moderating your games and the community and the culture around your games that you allow to be created and to fester like i know you want to make money but that one person who's currently engaging with your game might be you know keeping 10 people out like you don't know like how many more people might be playing your game? Like, I mean, League of Legends is a really great example for me personally, because I'm never going to touch that game with a 10 foot pole because of like the whether deserved or not, whether it's changed or not, 
just the kind of reputation that it has in the community for or like in the general video gaming community for having a very, 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 very toxic community and specifically toxic towards towards women and women players and gamers and, and streamers and whatever. Like, I will never play that game. So I, I don't know if 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 you know this. League of Legends makers, but guess what? I'm a whale. You want me playing your game because when I play a game and I like it, I throw up a jillion dollars at it, even if it's free to play. So you want me in your game and your toxic culture is keeping me out. So like how many people like me exist that are currently being kept out of your space because you've refused to moderate? So I think that there's definitely a fear in these companies of moderating and kicking out paying customers. But you never know, especially online, like how many people you're actually excluding by allowing that behavior to continue. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. I might be naive, but I truly believe there are more good people who are playing video games that live on on this planet than bad people. And exactly. if you kick out one bad person and people talk about that and it and they talk about the change that you're putting in place in your game and I know we've seen that specifically from Blizzard when it comes to Heroes of the Storm Overwatch I, I still don't think they're going far enough but there have been positive oh God, stories no. yeah, well yeah of course not but they've <laughs> they've had stories where they said oh we you know we put people in a a, a bad person pool you know where they only and then they have to or they get muted <laughs> bad person pool i mean it's true i've never heard it described like well, what do you that, what would you call it right yeah it is it's the it's the cue yeah the it's the it's the bad behavior cue they put uh, them in yeah. a timeout for sure <laughs> or, or their their account is muted and they can't engage and and we've seen that in heroes of the storm where people are just pinging and i and i remember someone who doesn't play a lot of multiplayer games and blizzard games I remember playing Heroes of the Storm, and uh, I think we were playing, and I said, why is this person pinging all over the map? It's like, oh, yeah, they've been muted for bad behavior. They can't talk. Yeah, they can't talk or text <laughs> to their team. And then I end up having to mute his, his And you pings. can mute pings, too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's one of those... It's one of those instances where I, re I personally, when I play these types of games or I'm on social media, I want to be able to report bad behavior. I want to be able to call on it and know that it leads to action and i think there yeah, are platforms being done exactly there are platforms that have that and again they they also don't go very far and yes it can be abused because to have i know this has been in the news with you know uh, uh moderation staff like not only is that a really tough job and a, and a thankless job but um there's a lot that needs to be moderated yeah. Because a lot of people are playing and engaging with these systems. So I get that side of the issue, but let's have that conversation as opposed to just saying, either saying, no, we can't do it because it's too hard or just not having and ignoring the conversation. I, I, I mean, Blizzard is literally sitting here ignoring this. I, I've heard more, uh, just it's, it's been a vacuum from Blizzard. And, uh, I think that's, and from Ubisoft and from Riot and other companies, and I've seen stories on Twitter where people are saying, like, our management is barring us from bringing up the Blizzard story. A year ago, barring us from bringing up the Ubisoft story. That was a specific example from a Blizzard employee. A year ago, they were yeah. said they were, we were not allowed to talk about what's going on at Ubisoft at Riot. Because, again, it would have led to 
tough conversations and they just wanted to continue moving forward. The really interesting part about that Blizzard story about Blizzard employees not being able to talk about Ubisoft is that would have been right in the middle of their mediation with the state, right? So depending on who's in the know about what in terms of those allegations and in terms of this lawsuit, like... That is very much like, don't talk about that, because guess what? We're right in the middle of it, too. So, yeah, I mean, obviously, um, that it wasn't widely known because it seemed like there were a lot of Blizzard employees that this lawsuit came out of left field for and they had no idea it was going on. So, I mean, yeah, it, but it does it shines a new light on a lot of those those kind of old conversations and old realizations is like oh well yeah blizzard was in the middle of an investigation at that point in time into the exact same conduct so um i feel like there's probably a lot more stuff that could be said. I, I'm honestly, Ryan, I'm really tired. Yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> so if it's all the same to everybody, I think we're going to wrap it here. Um, I think we've kind of uh, touched on a lot of the points that I wanted to touch on. Ryan, did you have any any further thoughts? Um, I mean, I guess the, the last thing that we haven't actually touched on, which is actually in our notes, uh, is that they're like you were mentioning there's you know there's a lot of good people in the in the world there's a lot of good people still at blizzard there is a open letter currently uh to the leadership at Activision Blizzard that has been signed as of as of yesterday afternoon i haven't seen an update since then but in only a couple of hours it garnered over 2000 signatures from current and former employees of Activision Blizzard uh basically saying your response is disgusting and we hate it uh you obviously have no interest in changing so we're going to do that for you we are going to change the company and uh so like you said Ryan there are a lot of good people and this is the kind of thing that i really like to see in terms of actual action like when if if I'm a bad actor working at Activision Blizzard right now and I see 2000 people telling me that I'm wrong and telling me that I don't belong like this is the kind of thing that's going to make me really uncomfortable this is the kind of action that is going to change a culture so do more of this and thank you to the Activision Blizzard employees who have signed this and who are you know, like who I think deserve our support as as outsiders. Um, I think it's really important that we continue to make these 2000 plus people feel supported from the outside, because obviously, um, like we've talked to if you want to hear the conversation about monetization, go listen to Angry Chicken. I, I don't want to get into it again here. But um, yeah, I think supporting people on the inside is going to be a very good way for us to affect change from the outside. So on that note, uh, we did want to point you guys in the direction of some more resources if you're interested. Um, there have been a lot of uh, other either gaming podcasts or Blizzard podcasts that have been covering this story in various ways with a lot of different opinions, a lot of different viewpoints that are worth listening to. Uh, Q for Fun is is one show that I think, Ryan, you wanted to recommend. Yeah. So as I was sort of looking for other podcasts and, and other recommendations to to give to our community in terms of uh, continuing the conversation and the discussion around what we've been talking about. Uh, Q for Fun is a uh, all-female hosted Heroes of the Storm podcast, episode 67, Clean Your House Blizzard, is the episode specific to what we've been talking about today, uh, where Anne Wicked and Soph talk about the recent lawsuit against Blizzard brought on by the state of California and their reactions to it. Uh, we'll have a link in the show notes. Um, 
And it's important to note, like, we didn't go into great detail about the contents of the lawsuit. Uh, it, it, it obviously that lawsuit contains, you know, some some content warnings that should be uh, noted before diving in. You know, including, you know, like we talked about, sexual assault, sexual harassment, and um, suicide as well. So keep that in mind when you listen to this episode, this recommendation. Um, it, it, they do they do go through it and talk about a lot of those points. So keep that in mind. But I do recommend it. It was a really great listen. Uh, also, I've mentioned it a couple times tonight, but we did cover this over on the Angry Chicken. Um, if you guys are listening to the gamers, and you might be listeners of Angry Chicken, but you also might not like Hearthstone, so maybe you don't. Um, but we did do an episode completely devoted to the lawsuit and uh, what it means for the Hearthstone team, how we were feeling about it, and all the rest of it. So we recorded that last night. If you guys are interested, again, that is the Angry Chicken. It's with myself, uh, Garrett Weinzerl, and uh, Ridiculous Hat. So go and check that out. That has now been posted. I think it's episode 426, if you're curious. Um, we also have some charities that we wanted to mention because there have been a lot of people who, specifically WoW players, who have said that, you know, they're canceling their subscription. And again, if you want to listen to my thoughts on monetization and giving Blizzard your money, that did happen over on the Angry Chicken. Um, but if you are thinking of removing your monetary support from Blizzard, we have some suggestions of places where you could put it because uh, the thing is, like we've mentioned today on Gamers In, this is an issue that is pervasive throughout, you know, not only video games, but tech and society at large. Like if you are thinking you're going to take your sub from Blizzard and you're going to give it to another gaming company, you're probably supporting very similar <laughs> problems at that company, at that new company. So um, if you do want to do something meaningful and good with that money, we do have some charities that you can support. So uh, first, Black Girls Code, which builds pathways for young women of color to embrace the tech marketplace as builders and creators over at blackgirlscode.com. There have been uh, a lot of Twitch streamers that I've seen who have been raising money uh, very successfully for this cause. It's a very, very good cause. Um, Ryan, who's the second one? Uh, there's Women in Games International, which is a nonprofit organization based in Los Angeles, California with a mission to cultivate resources to advance economic equality and diversity in the global games industry and you can find out more about that at getwigi.com uh, you can also support rain which is the u.s's largest anti-sexual violence organization they don't just deal with women they deal with the entire spectrum so again if you want to support them you can go to r-a-i-n-n.org it's rain.org and finally, there is Time's Up Now by helping change culture, companies, and laws. Time's Up Now aims to create a society free of gender-based discrimination in the workplace and beyond. And you can find out more at timesupnow.org. So that's going to do it for us this week. If you guys would like to follow us, you can find me, Jocelyn, that's at Joss Plays. Ryan is at R. Murphy. And don't forget to follow the show at The Gamers Inn. Thanks for staying at The Gamers Inn. And remember, tune in next week. Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone.